If I could speak in any language, in heaven or on earth, but didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise. Like a loud gong or clanging cymbal, if I had the gift of prophecy, and knew all the mysteries about the future, and knew everything about everything, but didn't love others, what good would I be? And if I had the gift of faith, so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move, without love, I would be no good to anybody. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would be of no value. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. It keeps no record of when it's been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but it rejoices in truth. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. Love never fails. There are three things that will endure. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Can we all say love? love. The Greek word used throughout the New Testament is the word agape, which is a noun, and its verb form is agapeo or agapao. And Vine's Dictionary says that it describes the attitude of God toward his son, toward the human race, and to those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The New Testament also uses this word to convey God's will for us as his children concerning our attitude towards one another and others. It is a word that also is used to express the nature of God. God is love. God is agape. This kind of love can be known only from its actions. God's love is seen in the gift of his son. This is not the love of complacency. It was not drawn always out of the excellency of its objects. It is an exercise of the divine will by God's divine choice. This kind of love has its perfect expression in the Lord Jesus. Agape love is a fruit of his spirit in the Christian, and it has God as its primary object, and expresses itself towards the brethren and towards people who are not the brethren yet. It is not an impulse of human feelings, nor does it spend itself only on those who are worthy. This kind of love seeks an opportunity to do good to all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're talking about love today. Looking at verse 4 is where we're going to get our text. Love suffers long and is kind. The King James Version says love suffereth long. It can go the distance in hard times without fading. That's the kind of love God wants us to have. The literal translation says that love has patience. The Darby translation says love has long patience. Can we all say long patience? The basic Bible English version says love is never tired of waiting. The message Bible says that love never gives up. The New Living Translation says that love is patient. Can we pray? Lord, I pray that the patience of love would be manifested in this room today, that we would be convicted and challenged where we need it and encouraged 
where we have it. In Jesus' name, amen. Speaking to you today on the topic, love is patient. Can we read that together? Love is patient. If you want to have a happy marriage, you need to have love. You see the picture of the husband? He's, he's waiting. The Love Dare book... The Love Dare book on day one is this very topic, Love is Patient. It says, love inspires you to become a patient person. When you choose to be patient, you respond in a positive way to a negative situation. You are slow to anger. You choose to have a long fuse instead of a quick temper. Rather than being restless and demanding, true love helps you settle down and begin extending mercy to those around you. It is a choice to control your emotions rather than allowing your emotions to control you. This kind of love shows discretion instead of returning evil for evil. Patience makes us wise. It does not rush to judgment, but listens wholeheartedly to what the other person is saying. Patience is where love meets wisdom. Patience helps us give our spouse permission to be human. When a mistake is made, it chooses to give them more time than they deserve to correct it. It does not rush to giving demeaning lectures. Can your spouse count on you being patient with them? Or do they often have to walk on eggshells? Love is patient. Here's a story of impatience. In Beijing, China... Chen Fachao was a man heavily in debt and had been contemplating suicide on a bridge in southern China for hours. He got up on this bridge. He's going to jump down into the traffic or into the chasm below. When a passerby walked up the bridge, people's got their camera phones out filming this. He shook his hand, and in taking his hand, he now had an advantage over him. And he pushed him off the bridge in his impatience. Chin fell 26 feet into a partially inflated emergency air cushion laid out by the authorities. They didn't even have time to fully inflate it. And he survived, suffering spine and elbow, elbow injuries. The official news agency said Saturday that the passerby, 66-year-old Lai Zhangxin, how do you like my Chinese, had been fed up with what he called Chen selfish activity. Traffic around the Haizhou Bridge in the city of Guangzhou had been backed up for five hours, and the police had cordoned off the area. And this 66-year-old man just took matters into his own hands and climbed up the bridge like a monkey and shook the man's head and then pushed him off. I pushed him off because... Jumpers like Chen are selfish. Their action violates a lot of public interest, Lai was quoted as saying. Love is patient. The word patient means to be capable of waiting, able to endure delay or provocation without becoming annoyed or upset, able to persevere calmly, especially when faced with difficulties. Synonyms for the word patience are enduring, tolerant, unwearied, uncomplaining, serene, long-suffering. 
And, of course, the antonym for patience is what? It's been a long time since grammar school. Impatience. (laughs) The Greek word Paul used here in 1 Corinthians 13 for patience, love is patient, is makrothumeo, which means to be of a long spirit, to not lose heart, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles, to be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others, to be mild and slow in avenging, to be long-suffering, slow to anger, and slow to punish. It has become popular in today's modern church, to adjust and mess with the traditional wedding vows because they are a negative confession. But I love to include them because some days we walk in perfect obedience and some days we don't. And we need to have commitment like God has to us when we're not at our best. For better or worse, in sickness and in health, in prosperity and adversity, Adversity. Will you be patient with me? Can I depend on you? Will I vow to be true only to you even when it's not easy? Couples get in hard times. They never made that kind of vow. They just might bail. Well, I pledge to be married to you only in perfect health and millionaire prosperity. May God give us the kind of love that suffers long. May we not be like this guy. Patience is foundational to loving. Without it, love may appear to be strong, but it will become weak. It's foundational. Love suffers long and is kind. You won't always be kind if you suffer with impatience. Love does not envy. You're patient with your own success. Be patient with yourself. You won't envy others. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love suffers long. Love is patient. It is foundational. You're going to hear some things today that may go against your traditional thought, but stick with me. Where my thinking is shown to be wrong, according to the Word, what do I need to do? Adjust my thinking. Oh, I'm going to find another translation. That's what people do oftentimes. Watch this. That's an impatient man. He could have killed him, and it was right there in front of everybody on camera. See how impatience makes us morons? I mean, just blinded by his impatience. He's going to get something done. 
The impotence of impatience. Proverbs 20, 21 says, An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Remember the story of the prodigal son? He came home broke. If you get an inheritance, you need to think, hey, I'm going to get old one day. Don't waste it all today. You get old and not able to work so much. Think about it. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. When we're impatient, we become impulsive and we make unwise decisions. Proverbs 25.8, this book of wisdom says, Do not... Go hastily to court. But what will you do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame? (laughs) And Proverbs 29.20 says, Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Once you say it, it's out there. You ever wished you could eat your words? Sometimes I only open my mouth to change feet. Where can I get some mint-flavored socks? I wrote a little poem years ago. It goes like this. Once there was a farmer who sowed his field for hay, but then in his impatience he planted wheat the next day. After but a fortnight he plowed up the field again, this time planting pumpkins instead of such slow-growing grain. Less than a season later, instead of waiting like he should, he got in his truck and drove away, leaving his farm for good. Muttering to himself and shaking his head while driving on for hours, me, oh my, tell me how or why I planted pumpkins and got yellow flowers. (laughs) The importance of patience. James 5, 7, 8 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. You know, some people are impatient. They say, where is the Lord's promise? The Bible says, God is patient. He is long-suffering. He is not willing that any should perish. That is why He is waiting. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious food of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives their early and the latter rain. I know there's some farmers have been doing a lot of waiting this season. It takes a lot of patience to survive droughts. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Be patient. Jesus said in Luke 21:19, he said, "By your patience you possess your souls." Your soul isn't just the spiritual part of you. Your soul is your life. It's who you are. You have control of your life through patience. In patience, you lose control. You lose self-control. Hebrews 6.12 ends with these words. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Read the biographies of faith's heroes. In the Bible and even in church history, they were people who had faith, but also they had patience. Faith won't last if you don't have patience. Galatians 6 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those 
who are of the household of faith. Don't lose heart. Hold on to patience. Move ahead. Patience is not a bad word. It is a good word. We need it in our vocabulary. We need it in our life, in our heart, and in our minds to hold on. How to love patiently. Would you like to learn how to be more effective at it? It's pretty simple stuff. This may go against your grain, but if you want to love patiently, you've got to learn to pray and receive prayer. First, let's deal with praying. James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you? Let him pray. I heard a TV preacher the other day say, Don't pray for patience. Well, you better pray if you need patience. If I need it, why wouldn't I pray for it? I'll wreck my life if I don't have it. The contemporary English version paraphrases it as this. If you're having trouble, you should pray. Darby says, does anyone among you suffer evil? Let him pray. The King James Version says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. The literal translation says, does anyone suffer ill among you? Let him pray. The Message Bible says, are you hurting? Pray. The New Living says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Pray. Can we all say, pray? Pray. It's getting alone with God and just talking to Him. Pouring out your heart. Telling Him about your troubles. Leaning on those everlasting arms. How, How do we do that? We sing about it, but how do we do it? We do it in prayer. Lord, I give you my life. Help! And receive prayer. Paul prayed for patience for people he was discipling. In Romans 15, 5, he says, May the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Paul's prayer was that those he was discipling there in Rome, that the God of patience and comfort would help those to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Talk about patience. Waiting for centuries to come to the earth and then to live 30 years in Egypt, in the God-forsaken village called Nazareth. I went there. That broke me. I saw all the wonderful Holy Land things. But the humility of Jesus to live in that one goat town called Nazareth. What humility. What patience. Waiting for the Father to say, okay, you're 30 now. You're ready. They're ready. Go to work. Second Thessalonians 3, 5 says, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, and into the patience of Christ. This is a prayer that the Lord would do this. Just pray that right now. Lord, we pray that you would direct our hearts into the love of God, the agape of God, and into the patience of Jesus. Lord, make us long-suffering people in Jesus' name, people that don't fade out when the going gets tough, but people that stand strong in spite of circumstances in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two, read and learn from the Scriptures. The Word of God brings such life to us. During a season of my life, I had a job I could not stand. For eight years, I couldn't leave it because I had a family to support. Thank God I have enough patience to not quit. I stuck with it, but I had to pray to survive. And receive prayer. I have my wife lay hands on my heart sometimes every day before I go to work because I hated that thing. God demoted several times 
raised up and then demoted again, you know. Just. But the Bible brought such life to me. Romans 15.4 says, Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The Word of God will help build your patience so that you can have hope. The trial you are in feels like this is the rest of my life. It's not. It's the season you're in. I don't know when it's going to end, but if you want to make it longer, just fall to impatience. Focus on the joy ahead. This is really following the pattern of Jesus. Hebrews 12 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was for him endured the cross. He was able to endure the cross for the joy that was ahead. The resurrection was on the other side. The redeemed people that would be his brothers and sisters were on the other side of the cross. And so for the joy of that family that would be his, he endured the cross. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. If you'll just hold on. You've invested so much in that husband. If you'll just hold on. All the hard work you've done will be yours to taste. Some people run their spouse off for the next spouse to enjoy all the training they gave them. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Some of you have a wonderful husband or a wonderful wife. You have their ex-husband or ex-wife to thank for it. Focus on the joy ahead and hold on. I love this. This is my favorite work of art that Kathy Quest made. She gave it to me. It's in my house every time I leave the house and every time I come in, it reminds me. The gold in front of the face of Jesus is the joy that's before him. And the red that's behind Jesus is the suffering that he had to go through. For the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. We can push our way through for the joy that's ahead. A mother that's in labor when she needs to push, she doesn't do it for the joy of the pain that she's going through. It. She's doing it for the joy of that son or that daughter that will be in her arms in a few minutes or sometimes hours. For the joy that's ahead, we are patient. Patience will pay off. Number four, how to love patiently. Identify with Christ's sufferings. Learn to see what you're going through through what Jesus went through. Maybe what you're going through is the result of your own sin. But think about what Jesus went through was for our sins, not his own sin, but ours. So you can identify with what he went through for us. Maybe what you're going through is a result of someone else's sin. You can identify with Jesus. Jesus, you did this for someone else's sin. You held on. You didn't fall prey to impatience and do something dumb. I'm going to hold on. I'm identifying with you. Wow, what a Savior you are. You did this for me. Philippians 3.10, Paul
Paul resolved that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You know, we all love this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. But read the rest of the verse. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. We must die so that he might live. He gave his life for us. We give our lives, live our lives for him. And never forget why we are predestined. You're not always where you're going to be. You've, there's a journey ahead. There is a prize ahead that the Lord has set you on a path. You're going there. What is that prize? Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I love that verse. But if you just know that verse, you miss what Paul is saying. Notice, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those, the same people, the same those, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Can we say his purpose? What is his purpose? For whom he foreknew, that's you and me, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Young people, you may have a personality on your wall in the form of a poster that you look up to. This is one of your heroes. This is, hopefully it's not a cartoon character. It's somebody you'd like to be like. But I tell you, that's not your destiny. Your destiny is you're going to be made like the Son of God. There's no veering from this. God's not changing his mind. He's not going to a plan B. And everything in our life he is using for that purpose. And the sooner we grow in patience, the sooner progress is made. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Let me say this about predestination. It's not about going to heaven. I mean, it includes that, but it's not about that. Often people have used the beautiful truth of predestination to say, I'm going to heaven, so I'll live however I want. That misses the point. It's not about how living how we want. It's about living how he wants. And he's predestined us to be fashioned and formed into his will to do his thing. It's going to be good. The process of getting there may be painful. But for the joy set before us, we're not going to run from the Lord, are we? We've been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. We say all things. All things work together for good. Parallel passage. Never forget why we're predestined. Paul said in him not forgetting, he says, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Many times impatience creeps in because of disappointment. We thought something was going to work out, and it didn't. And we fall prey to impatience. What didn't work out is now in our past, but we're still pining for the past. You know, time is linear. You can't go backwards. You can only go forwards. All those time machine movies, that's just fantasies that can never be. We're going ahead to God's purposes. Reaching 
head. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What is that? A crown? It's much more than that. It's being made to be like the Son of God. Your spouse one day is going to be like Jesus. Somebody said, oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Just hold on. How to love patiently. Pray and receive prayer. Learn from the Scriptures. Focus on the joy that lies ahead. Identify with Christ's sufferings. And never forget why I am predestined. Don't forget it. You hold on to these things. You begin to apply them in your life. You will be a patient person. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your unconditional, unselfish, sacrificial love that you've given to us. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to receive this love so much that it overflows so that we can give it away to others. Help us to do it with patience in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those in this room who've been hurt by people they've tried to love. I pray, Lord, you'd help them to get back up. Lord, those that maybe need to restore healthy boundaries in their life, Lord, may they build boundaries but not walls. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you that we're all on a journey to be made like your son. So, Father, we pray that the people that need to apply this word the most would not forget it. And, Lord, that we would exhort one another and comfort one another, Lord, as we grow together in patience, Lord. May we be like-minded toward one another. Make us a congregation of love that's beyond just hugs and pats on the back. But, Lord, that we walk together in unity when we need mercy the most. In Jesus' name, amen. In a minute, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And if you would like to receive prayer about anything, we're here to agree with you in prayer. If you need patience, come and receive prayer for patience. It's biblical. We do that. Let's stand at this time. The shake leads us in a song. If you need prayer, just come on down with the prayer team. If the prayer team could come down at this time, and you need any prayer, just come down with them. Prayer team, just come on down and join me across the front here. Myself away, give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away, give myself so. away patiently, Lord, untiringly, unceasingly, willing to suffer long, give ourselves away to the benefit of others. Lord, we pray for you to heal marriages today, heal relationships today, restore families today, 
Bring to life ministries today, Lord. Rekindle fires of devotion today. forget to share the gospel with someone today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace and His patience in the name of our patient Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I give myself.